Welcome to HR Latte, your connection to all things HR. Today's great HR department is foundational for today's successful business. Listen in as host Rayanne Thorne gets personal with practitioners and technologists, experts and thought leaders who care about the world of human resources. And now for your next cup of talent management, whipped to perfection. Hey, everybody. Welcome to HR Latte. This is Rayanne Thorne, and I am continuing my series with guest Dan White, who's the president of Workforce Solutions with AMN Healthcare. We're talking about the challenges facing healthcare HR today, and one in particular that we're going to hit today is staffing and nursing shortages. Hey, Dan, thanks for joining me today. My pleasure. Always like chatting with you, Rayanne. So we're going to jump right into it. But before we do that, could you please remind our listeners who you are and why we might want to listen to you when we talk about things like this? Sure. Well, as you probably well know, I'm a veteran of the workforce solutions business and doing all this good stuff for probably 30 years. I am the president of workforce solutions at AMN Healthcare, which is the nation's leading supplier of clinical focused workforce solutions, you know, nurses, doctors, therapists, all that stuff is kind of our bread and butter. And that tends to be one of the harder things that harder industries, I should say, that workforce solutions address. Yeah. And I have a strong affinity for that. I spent five or six years recruiting for clinical nurse positions, the director, manager, director, and and up level and that was my first foray into recruiting, and I fell in love with healthcare. And so it's it's always something I love to go back to. I try to produce content that addresses the folks that are members of ASHRA, so that they can continue to feel like there is a there is somebody out there that cares about their challenges. Um, <laughs> as we spoke last time, there is a, a a definite difference in healthcare HR. Some of the things may sound similar to other organizations, but one of the things that we're going to address today is the, the ongoing nursing shortage and also how a healthcare facility, much like, I guess, you know, as I was thinking about this, it's much like a hotel or a hotel chain. There are lots of different departments that make sure that that organization runs well, like a mini city. And so we'll, we'll yeah. talk about that a little bit later on in our conversation today as well. So in our last, the last episode, Dan, we talked about um, staffing shortages, uh, the ongoing nursing shortage. When, with your experience and the work that you've been doing for the last few years in, in healthcare staffing, what do you believe is the main cause for an ongoing nursing shortage? So this is your classic supply demand problem. And I would tell you that the demand is largely driven by our aging population. Um, so people like me getting a little older every year, needing just a little bit more care every year. And then as, you know, as people get into their 80s and 90s having, you know, more chronic, frankly, issues. So as this um, sort of baby boomer population, right, is moving through the system, there's just that that surge, right, that comes along with such a, a surge in the population. That's one thing. I, I think also the strong economy. We've now had very strong economy for six, seven, arguably eight years now at least. And so people that have jobs with health insurance and some money to spend on health care typically drive demand as well. 
the supply is constrained because just like the rest of the baby boomers, many of the clinicians you're talking about, nurses, doctors, therapists, are all you know, working their way through the system as well. And so wave of retirements, something, you know, certain of us call the silver tsunami, right? Right, right. And then even worse, many of the older nurses are those that have either made it into leadership or into specialty kinds of roles like, you know, ER, labor and delivery, other ones that just take, frankly, longer, right, to learn the skill. And so the combination of of this higher demand and a, a much constrained supply is just really driving the shortage on both ends. So as we think about that reason, right, um, mm-hmm. it doesn't sound like it's something that we can solve quickly. No. Because uh, this I, is it, it's been building up to this and the aging population, you know, baby boomers are going to continue through the system for the next 10, 15 years. So it's not something that's going to be solved quickly. Are there yeah, any other reasons no, you can no think of why there might be um, nursing shortages? Is uh, I, I have lots of friends that, younger friends of my children who have gone into nursing mm-hmm. programs. A couple of them had a really hard time getting into a nursing program that, that was very stringent policy and rules and, and guidelines and background, everything to get into. Plus, there weren't that many higher education organizations that were offering that and yeah. then some of these young women and young men have actually gone further in their education and decided to get their master's or their doctorate in nursing to become nursing practitioners. Yeah. So that leaves a shortage in the the regular staff that is needed in a healthcare facility or a healthcare organization. Yeah, I think all of those are really good examples, frankly, of of the challenge, right? There's only so many slots for students going in into these programs every year. Once you get through the program, there's all kinds of bureaucracy and delays in terms of getting your licenses and other sort of certifications that are required for for various roles. Then there's clearly that experience gap, right? That first year or two of your career, like any other career, right? That you you need to get a shot to get that experience. And so all of those things combined to to make it kind of tough to get going. So I, I agree with all those things you said. So as I mentioned earlier in the show, if we think about everything that goes into making sure a hospital runs smoothly, that all the mm-hmm. needs are met of the patients, that all the needs are met of the community, really, because the hospital is a, a basically a community organization. It's serving the community that is surrounding it. In many cases, they become this, a centralized point in a region, in an area. And they run like a mini city. I mean, when you think about the different departments that go into making sure that it runs smoothly, you've got nursing, the the doctors that are there, the backbone, they are the backbone of the organization. You've got the administrative services, anybody that's in charge of appointment making or getting people to where they need to go all the way up to the CEO, the CNO, those that are running the whole organization. You've got the nutrition department, those that are supplying food, the radiology department, environmental, groundskeeping, you know, all of those different things that are responsible for making sure that a hospital runs smoothly. Does the staffing shortage that we're talking about, it's been very evident that we have a nursing shortage for many years now. Does this staffing shortage extend to these other departments? 
Or are healthcare organizations, like many other places, like hotels, inundated with applications and are having trouble filling positions because they have so many people that want to come work for them that they're unable to find even qualified people? Because as we know, when people are, when there is a excess of, when we have a a higher unemployment rate, there is an excess workforce looking for work and they will apply for any job, whether they are qualified or not. I mean, you you do need to have a specific experience to be in the nutrition department, right, of a, of a hospital. So are we seeing the same kind of issues in the other departments across healthcare? Yeah, I think that's really a, a nice uh, way to think about it or a nice setup. Clearly across all clinical kinds of positions. Again, physicians too, same kind of challenges that we talked about with nurses, right? But when you think about all the other operations that it takes to effectively run a 24 by 7 operation, that's one of the reasons why I kind of liked your, you know, your hospitality example. You need IT, you need strong finance people, you need really solid operational facilities kinds of folks, right? Administrative services, all that stuff are, all those kinds of roles, excuse me, are really important to a healthcare organization. And, you know, one of the things we touched on in our last chat was trying to find predictors, right, of staffing volumes, for example. So we shared a little bit about, hey, I can use census, or weather data or events data or things like that to kind of predict demand on the clinical needs of a hospital. You can do the same thing with facilities or administrative or housing services. So for example, we can predict how many people you need in the housekeeping area just by pounds of linen or pounds of bedding, right? We know you need this many people and these many machines to get the job done. Right. So there are some really interesting things we've we've been doing by taking examples of other industries like uh, hospitality, for example, where you might use predictors like that to really help our healthcare clients rethink how to be more efficient and um, streamline the way that they attack this problem. That all makes a lot of sense, Dan. Thank you for sh- for sharing that. We're going to take a quick break, but when we come back. We're going to talk about some other things. Are there areas of the country? I know that AMN is a, a nationwide organization. So are there different areas that may be experiencing more severe shortage or no shortage at all? We'll be right back after this message. HR Latte is brought to you by Dovetail Software, a SaaS-based HR case management and help desk solution to ease today's HR departments into tomorrow. Simple but powerful real-time employee engagement, knowledge management, and detailed analytics empower human resource departments and shared services teams to effectively handle any type of employee interaction. Dovetail Software, by HR, for HR. Hey everybody, thanks for joining us. We're back with Dan White, who's the president of Workforce Solutions with AMN Healthcare. And we're talking about, specifically today, about um, staffing shortages in healthcare and how HR can address that. Um, in the right before we took the break, we talked about predictors. That's a great way to look at it. And a, a little comparison with hospitality, as we know that they run very similarly, a hotel chain or a hotel 
organization versus healthcare. So now we're going to jump into something a little bit different and talk about regional, which is kind of something that we touched on earlier when we talked about predictors. We know that certain areas of the country, maybe when there's more severe weather, either healthcare organization may slow down or it may pick up depending on what that weather does to the region. So are there, Dan, are there areas of the country that are experiencing um, more severe shortages or a problem with because of the region? Do you see any of that as the head of an organization where you are national? So uh, as you said, we provide uh, healthcare professionals to uh, our clients in literally all 50 states. So we see you know, high demand really throughout the country. I would say we see the highest demand in states like Texas, California, Florida, New York, Washington, where, you know, huge population centers for sure, but also some of the common common things you see in, in those five states are a lot of snowbirds, right, that go to Florida and, and California as an example. So a lot of peak demands happening during the winter months. And as you said, even when you're, you know, in New York, for example, you have a combination of very rural and very suburban, urban kinds of areas as well. We see that in the kind of rural, quote unquote, heartland, right, of the country, we see tons of of demand, but it tends to spike more often um, given, you know, seasonality or, or other kinds of things. So if you happen to be in a, you know, small rural kind of place like maybe Wyoming or something, you might get a lot of folks that come in to their vacation homes or things like that during the summer and then try to avoid avoid the harsh winter and, you know, live somewhere else during that period. So all kinds of uh, fluctuations that we see depending on the part of the country you're right. looking at. Right. And that would make sense. I know that um, I'm, I'm in California, you're in California. We we see that, you know, the seasonal demand yeah. when the population increases, especially if you're in a, um, a coastal community. Um, more people right. come in that, that maybe aren't, uh, I know for, for sure in my area, there's an issue with uh, not understanding the power of the ocean. And so, so yeah. our emergency yeah. services kick up quite a bit when, when we have yeah. um, the tourists that come in and, and are unaware of uh, certain things that you should not do <laughs> of tidal right. changes or rogue waves, those, those kind of things we, we see often. And, and it's unfortunate right. when there are uh, serious weather conditions that impact yeah. tourists who are just, you know, out having fun. So as... Well, you know, that, that actually reminds me of something too, that, that's a, another dimension really of this is it, it, there tends to be a lot of swings depending on the actual uh, where actually the healthcare is given. So you know your reminder uh, is of maybe an urgent care center sure. or something. But we're seeing lots more care being given in retail centers, for example. Oh, that's true. Um, you know, home healthcare, right. schools, right? There's all kinds of places now, or uh, you know, destinations, if you will, where that care might be given. You know, home healthcare is really probably the fastest growing part of the healthcare industry in the country. And so it, it's just, that's a, a yet another dimension probably for us to think about 
why this is such a difficult challenge. Yeah. And, and I'm wondering too, maybe you know this, is, is that something where nurses or healthcare professionals, they're not interested in going into that, let's call it the branch of service? Is that a hard um, place to recruit a nursing or um, medical professional? It's, it's less about the difficulty and more about the requirements. So if you're going to be a caregiver in a home setting, right, you're probably going to have to have a little bit more diverse skills and experience, oh, yeah. right? Because something bad might happen. You're, right. and you're going to need to know what to do because right. you're all by yourself, right? So there's, it's just, it's probably more the demand on the, the breadth of skill that you need in an environment like that. And then also sort of oversight, if you will. So nurses and doctors, right, partner to give care every day, all day long. When they're apart like that, you need to have some sort of remote capability to, to have counseling discussions about, you know, what kind of care to give. Or you need to up your requirements, right? Your your skill levels to be physician assistant or nurse practitioner or somebody that can give a higher level of care uh, right. as well. So given your expertise, I mean, you're, you've seen so much over the last few years and looking ahead, you know, if, yeah. if we consider the things that we've already talked about, predictors, the the aspects of the region you might live in, the educational organizations, academic Organizations that are they whether or not they're providing enough opportunity to educate nurses or physicians, and all the different things that you know short just the nursing shortage that's out there, the physician shortage that's out there. Do you see a a long term solution? Because we know it's not a it's not going to be fixed in the short term. Do you see something that um, like a bright future for this? Is there a way that we can? Helpless because it's been going on quite a while, right? I, I've been um, involved in healthcare and and been, you know, in love with healthcare HR for many years, so 16, 17 years now. And yeah. I know the shortage has been going on for at least 20. So yeah. it's not something that's going to go away. Do you see a long-term solution for this? Yeah, I think so couple things. First, I agree that um, shortage isn't going to go away anytime soon. But just like any other industry, healthcare can look at leveraging partners like an AMN or, or any of one of our competitors, frankly, that um, have lots of skill and experience having applied, you know, systems or best practices to deal with these kinds of things. I look at this the way I, I would have looked at manufacturing or financial services or any other industry, right? You have to get really terrific at identifying and attracting the people that you need. So you have to be terrific or awesome, even at sourcing, um, engaging people in a way that is meaningful to them. So for someone my age, I want to, I want a phone call, right? Somebody who is my son's age probably wants to have a text first, right? And so dealing with people and in a, you know, in their preferred work environment or, or, communication environment is really important. You got to start looking at how you leverage people's preferences. So again, if you want, if you're younger and you want to live in the so-called gig economy, right, there might be ways to deal with those people and engage them in part of your workforce in a, in a contingent or contract way. 
And then there might be other people who are just far more interested in, you know, a, a normal nine to five kind of a position. The thing that's tough about healthcare, like some of the industries you talked about, is it's a 24-7, 365 operation. Never goes down, never right. takes a day off, right? Not so, Monday through Friday, 9 to 10, you know, much like exactly. emer- emergency care and police work, law enforcement. This, this, this is an ongoing thing. It's, it, sure. it, does not, it does not shut down. It doesn't know that it's Christmas. <laughs> we need to and close it's it all shift. Right? Yeah. And it's, it's all shift work, which makes it even more complicated in terms of scheduling right. and making sure you're, you're matching the, the skill needed with the job needed and, the, you know, the blending of, of those skills across each unit, for example. So, you know, it, it's much more complicated than sort of your normal <laughs> nine to five right. business. But at the same time, we've helped other industries like that going on close to 20 years now too. And I think the the biggest difference for me is just embracing and having an open mind about these other solutions and not having to feel like you need to do it yourself. I think one of the things I just love and appreciate our customers is these are all the smart kids from high school, right? They're the math people, the science people. And so they assume that they can just fix kind of anything on their own, right? They're smart enough to do that. Mm -hmm. And in this one example, right? This is a great opportunity to, you know, pardon the pun, but take your own medicine, right? right? You're the expert in healthcare. I go to you for that kind of help. I'm the expert in workforce solutions. You should right. come and let's listen to my advice when it comes to something like that. So, well, this this is a great a great place for us to stop. I I want to pick up the conversation in our next episode and talk more about addressing those, actually addressing the challenges and helping healthcare HR professionals understand that there are partners out there that are ready and willing and experienced and have the expertise that can help them with their challenges that they're facing, whether it's a shortage or employee engagement or candidate experience, you know, making sure that they, like you addressed earlier, that that they're talking to their audience the way that the audience will best respond to. So Dan, I want to thank you so much for joining me today. And I really appreciate your expertise. We're going to come back in episode three and we'll wrap it up then. But until then, Dan, if anybody wants to reach out to you or AMN, how could they do that? A number of ways. First of all, uh, you can just reach me at dan.white at amnhealthcare.com. Certainly an abundance of information at amn.com and and various ways for you to to either review and or reach somebody separately, you know, sure. information, that kind of, you know, email list, et cetera. But me personally is fine too. Great. Thank you, Dan, so much for joining us. We'll continue our conversation in our next episode of HR Latte, where we are focusing on the challenges that healthcare HR is facing today. Thanks so much. Thanks.